everybody, and welcome to another episode of Book Goodies Podcast. Today we have um, myself, your host, Deborah Carney, and uh, my co-host, Karen Garcia. Hi, Karen. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Um, and joining us today is Christina Hamlet who has a whole bunch of services that she does for authors and scriptwriters. And um, Christina, why don't you uh, say hi and introduce yourself to the folks and let us know what it is you do. Okay. Well, I'm Christina Hamlet. Hi from Pasadena, California. And among the services that I offer aspiring authors at all levels are ghostwriting services, I'm a script consultant for the film industry and provide extensive coverage notes. If you have a script that you think Hollywood would just be hungry to have, I'm one of the people who looks it over and gives you advice on that. And I also teach online classes in playwriting, screenwriting, and how to write a TV series. That's all very exciting. I know that there are, um, we have a lot of authors uh, from a lot of different uh, genres that are listening to our podcast, and we have several that are scriptwriters that have been on our podcast. So, uh, mm-hmm. screenplays, and I'm always confused. Do you call it a script or a screenplay? Uh, it's a screenplay if it's for the movies, and it's a script if it's for theater. Okay, thank you. Um, because in our industry, a script is like uh, JavaScript or PHP code or <laughs> <It's> coding. Yeah, <laughs> totally different beast. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little like when I'm shifting from you know one industry to the other and talking about things, and I say, "Oh, you're a script, you know, you're a script writer," and you know, <laughs> my industry people would be like, "Oh, what kind of scripts do you write?" And you know, you'd say movies, and I'd say, "Oh, well, I write in C plus plus. How do you write yours?" <laughs> <laughs> so um, that has to be very exciting. You must have a lot of really interesting things that come across your desk. What um, what prompted you to uh, start your business? Well, I have been writing all of my life. I'm pretty sure I was born with a little pencil in my hand and started creating things. Uh, I have been professionally published, oh, it was 30 plus years ago. And the way I got involved with uh, playwriting, whether it's scripts or screenplays, is that for a large part of my life, I was involved with the performing arts community. I was acting and directing and writing all of the plays for my touring theater company, the Hamlet Players, and decided I should start sending out some of my scripts to so that other people can perform them. And I have been doing that ever since 1978. And the way I got involved with the film industry is some of my friends who are screen agents and screenwriters and they have independent production companies started talking to me about my area of expertise. I'm very strong on character development and dialogue and structure and pacing. And they were getting inundated with scripts and saying, I kind of sort of like this script, but there are parts I don't like, but I don't really know what it is I like and I don't like. I know that you're involved with theater, but a script is a script and a story is a story. Can you take a look at this? Let me know what you think. 
And there are lots of people who are screen consultants out there. If you do a Google search on script consultants, squillions of them come up. <laughs> what is unique about what I do, because I the bulk of my credits are in playwriting. I just sold my 146th stage play. Wow. Congratulations. And I you know, 30 books and five option screenplays and lots of articles and interviews is that I have a talent for looking at a story and determining whether the author has chosen the right medium, the right vehicle to deliver that story to an audience. I find lots of people want to write movies. They think writing movies is easy because mm-hmm. they go to the, they go to the movies, they see a fantastic show, But what doesn't occur to them is what they are seeing is the finished product. Yes, there was an author who came up with the concept for that blockbuster film, but look at all of the fingers in the pie between that concept and what you see at the movie theaters. It's the interpretation of the actors and the directors and the camera people and the costume people and on and on and on. And it's it's not easy, and not every idea lends itself to a movie. For instance, I have lots of authors who have read my books, they read my articles, and they say, hey, Christina, I wrote a book, and everyone tells me it would make a great movie. Mm-hmm. Well, about 97% of them would not. <laughs> and The reason is there is a difference between what a movie, what a stage play, and what a novel delivers. Uh, Movies are all about action and visuals. Plays are about dialogue and characters. And novels are all about imagination, where you immerse yourself in a book and you cast it all in your head, and, and it's the movie playing in your head, and you're very happy with that. And so when agents or independent producers or just regular workaday folks give me a story or give me a script and say, what do you think? I look at things like the originality of it, the characters, the dialogue, the pacing, the structure, the budget, the marketability of that product. And I also look and can tell them, you know, you've written a, a lovely story, but it all seems to take place at a kitchen table. Have you considered writing for theater? And most of them say, uh, theater, uh, is that like like movies? <laughs> because they don't go to the theater. They have no idea what I'm talking about. Or I'll say, you give so much backstory and you overdirect on paper. You give so many descriptions and thought bubbles and, and everything. This doesn't really work as a movie. Have you thought about doing a novel? And their reaction is usually, oh, I really don't read novels and novels are hundreds of pages and I don't have time to do that. So can we just do a movie? <laughs> No, because this isn't a good movie idea. I can right. I can help you with this, or you can go away now. So, so you're the one the that, that we have. I deal with. You're the one we have to thank for for keeping all of the horrible movies for the most part out of the theaters. Then, huh? That I I have to say, a lot of them get made anyway. And I'm yeah. only one person. I can only stop so many things exactly. at one time. And a, another thing I should point out is that. 
I would say about 60% of the things I read are imitative of movies that have already been made. Mm-hmm. And particularly after the Academy Awards come out, the bulk of stuff that then comes to my desk, uh, people will look at it and say, oh, blowing things up or talking babies or alien invasions <laughs> or road rage. That's what people want to see now. Yes, that's what people want to see now. But by the time it takes you to write your movie, pitch it to an agent, get a film production company to produce it, and get it out there, that little popularity train has already left, and you are old news. Mm -hmm. And what I really like that you talked about is the fact that you can identify what format uh, something that you read, that something that comes to you, you can identify what format it should be in. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, my son wrote uh, a novel uh, when he was in his teens, and then um, when he went away to college, he found out, you know, he discovered screenplays, and he started writing uh, screenplays for movies, and mm-hmm. also television scripts, and he... Um, you know, people who are reading his novel now, which I self-published, which I'll be pulling because after talking to a lot of authors, I know a lot of things I need to fix. Um, <laughs> he, People who read that uh, novel are like, well, this should be a screenplay. This should be a movie. And mm-hmm. he probably was writing as a screenwriter way back in the beginning because that was his strength is dialogue. And, you know, some of the action and his strength wasn't building the backstory. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he was going to leave that to the producers and the directors. So um, I think that that's a very good point that authors that think that they should be writing one way may need to find out that they should be writing a different way. And Yes, I have several uh, screenwriting clients who are very good storytellers, but I was telling them their work was would lend itself much better to the intimacy and immediacy of live theater. And this was something that had never occurred to them before, but they're now getting their work produced in local playhouses where they live, and they're absolutely thrilled. And they said, thank you for turning me on to theater, because I would never have considered that. I was so wedded to the idea that these stories are going to be on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. And they're just happy as clams that I I recruited them to go do something else. Obviously, my love is theater, and so I'm trying to turn as many people as I can into playwrights. <laughs> right. Well, and it's, it's, it's you know, it's, I've, I've done theater myself in the past, and, and, you know, especially when, you know, when you have a jury or something like that in your college, and you go looking for something that is relevant and interesting, you know, on the, the shelves of the antique library that you have access to, there's so few good, you know, plays that are out there that are, are immediately available. And so to have more of them coming into the space, that's really exciting. Yes. Well, and that's another thing that Danny did is he wrote, my son, he wrote um, plays. And that surprised me because I thought that once he discovered uh, screenplays that that's what he would only want to do. And he wrote, you know, probably two or three long plays, but the rest were um, short 10-minute plays. And that's one of the things that I wanted to do, too, is get those out into the college marketplace, like you said local theater 
or mm-hmm. um, college. And is that something that you would be able to help people do once you read their, their um, and I'm not pitching you to read my son's stuff. I'm just saying <laughs> in general, is that what you would do? Like you would read something and then um, help them hook it up with a college or tell them where to go market. Right. I give them recommendations on uh, these are some options that you can be looking at if I think that they're the perfect fit for someone I know who has a theater company or a production company. I'm happy to make that connection for them. Bear in mind, though, that I am very cautious about making recommendations like that. I hear from people all over the world who want to be my new best friend and say, <laughs> mm. I have this script, can I send it to you, and, and then can you give me Steven Spielberg's phone number because I know that he'd really <laughs> like this. And I tell them, I don't even know you. I haven't read your work. I don't read scripts for free. Right. And I don't just say, yeah, okay, hey, this person's great. <laughs> Go look at their stuff. Because... <laughs> If I don't feel strongly enough about it myself, I don't want my name attached to someone saying, well, Christina Hamlet said this was really good. Right. And if it was really bad, then the next time I have something really good, they're going to say, oh, yeah, the Hamlet chick again. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. she sounds a loser last time. So, so I make very, very few recommendations, but the ones that I do make, I'm very proud of and... You know, I'm getting people published and produced, so I'm happy about that. I want to talk a little bit uh, about about ghostwriting, and um, because it, you know you mentioned that, that you do do a bunch of that. And um, mm-hmm. personally, when when I was you know I was growing up, um, my mother turned me on to, of course, the Nancy Drew series, and which was all ghostwritten by by Carolyn Keene in quotes. Um, and mm-hmm. I ended up collecting the entire series. And it wasn't until I was older that. I realize they're written by multiple people, <laughs> but uh-huh. it's all this, but it's all the same the same voice. How, can you tell us more about that process for you and and how you how you are able to to take a work from a client and you know rework it or write for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the strongest attribute that a ghostwriter can have is to be a chameleon. And I'm I'm going to credit the years I spent acting and directing. Uh, as part of my chameleon quality and being able to do different voices and different genres and whatever it is. Because the idea of hiring a ghostwriter, you're getting a silent partner to write the story that perhaps you don't have the time or the skill set to go do yourself. It's like you're you're paying a lot of money for someone else to do your homework and you turn it in and you get an A. And, and I, you know, I, I have no problem with doing that. I, I'm paid well to be the silent partner. <laughs> but this is going to be a product that the person wants to pass off as their own stuff. And so it has to be written in a way that people will look at it and say, gee, you're really a good writer. You're a good storyteller. I didn't know you had that in you. And they'll say, yes, yes, thank you very much. And they'll take all the credit. And I, I work at different levels with people. Uh, I have a lot of writers who want to hire me because they've written their first whatever. And they show it to everyone. And the people who are really honest with them say, you know, I love you dearly. But 
this is really not very good. Why don't you hire Mm -hmm. someone to fix it? And so I get projects that have already been completed and they really need a lot of work and a lot of restructuring. For instance, I had a gentleman who decided he was going to write a romance novel. It must be easy because his wife read them all the time and there are a lot of them (laughs) out there, so how hard is it? And I, I read what he had started on this, and the heroine in the story he wanted to pitch to Harlequin, uh, the story was set in Las Vegas, and she was a hooker. And I'm going, uh, dude, <laughs> this is not fly with Harlequin. And he goes, but she's got a heart of cold. And I said, but she's a hooker. <laughs> you know, there are certain yeah. standards. And so that took a lot of... Tearing the whole story apart, no, she couldn't be a hooker. <laughs> she had to do something else. You know, let's move it from Las Vegas to someplace that's, you know, a, a little less seamy and glitzy and perversions mm-hmm. and sand and everything. And it's actually much harder for me to take apart and redo something that someone has done badly than it is to just take an idea from scratch. It's like if either of you sew, isn't it easier to take a nice clean piece of fabric and all your stuff and design something rather than have someone bring you a truly ugly, icky colored, bad fabric dress and say, I want to take this to the prom. Can you fix it? (laughs) uh, No, I can't. And people will also come to me and say, I've got this great idea. I want to hire a ghostwriter. I I want a book about lemurs. Huh? And I'll go, great, lemurs, they're cute, you know. I, I like lemurs, too. Okay, what about them? And there's a thud of silence as they say, well, I don't know, you're a ghostwriter. Can't you just come up with something? <laughs> I go, well, what, what is your position on lemurs? Is, is this fiction or nonfiction? Well, it's a little bit of everything. Okay. What what genre? Well, I don't know, a little bit of everything. Okay, <laughs> who is the lemur's story going to appeal to? Well, everybody. <sighs> okay, let's just start from the beginning. Because what most, whether they're hiring a ghostwriter or they're writing something themselves, authors don't have a good handle on the fact that what gets published is driven by demand and by the bookstores and by the markets. You could write the greatest book in the world, but if it's on an obscure topic that only appeals to maybe three people and your mother, an agent isn't going to touch it. A publisher isn't going to touch it because who cares? We can't sell this. Right. And so in a lot of my preliminary consultations with people who are all jazzed about hiring me to write their book, they're very excited about the idea of having their name on a book, but they haven't thought beyond the point of who is going to care about this book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Let's put a little more thought into that before we get all excited. Yeah, because if you're going to write something totally from scratch that's all your idea, you might as well write it for yourself. <laughs> Why write it for right. somebody and else? put my name on it. <laughs> yeah, put your own name on it and sell it. So, yeah. And I, I, I want clients to participate 
in the process as much as possible. Um, I've, I've worked with some authors who have done some wonderful young adult books, and I've said, I want you to be you know, on the same page with me. Yes, I could write the whole book and what I want to say, but you're, you're passionate about young adults and you want to do young adult fiction, so I'm going to make you work for this. And for instance, I will send them character questionnaires. Okay, you have these characters in a high school and this is what they're doing, but have you thought about them beyond their names and ages and what cool hottie boys they want to have ask them to the prom. If these characters won the lottery, how would they spend the money? Do they prefer to swim in a swimming pool or the ocean? What's the last book they read? And they say, well, that's that's a lot of stuff. I, I just kind of gave you the characters, and I thought you'd move around on the page. Well, to move them successfully around on the page... Both of us have to know those characters inside and out. What are their their wants and their desires and their fears? What gives them nightmares? We need to know all of that so that they're more than just little superficial stick figures running around on pages. And it's part of my underlying message here not just to write the best possible book for my clients, but also impart some lessons about the craft of writing and thinking about plot and structure and characterization. Uh, none of them have said, oh, now that you've ghostwritten my book, I know how to do this. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to hire you anymore because now I know how to write a book and I'm going to go off and do it myself. And I think that would be lovely. I'd say, bye-bye, that's great. Call me if you have any questions. I, instead, they come back and say, well, now that I've sold my book and the publisher really likes it and wants me to write three more of same, but I can't be me because you're me, so can I hire you to be me some more because I can't write like that. And that's fine with me, too. I'd, I'd like them to learn something, um, but I if they don't, back, I, get them, I get them back. <laughs> I, I want to go back to those character worksheets. Like, mm-hmm. do you, did you say at the beginning that you also do like online training? What, come again? What, what was that? Did you say at the beginning of our, did you mention that part of what you do is um, online training? Oh, yes. I teach online classes. Uh, you know, remote education has just so caught on like wildfire. I do teach live workshops and do classes and everything. But what I found is there are lots of dabblers around the world, especially in the craft of writing. Mm -hmm. And they want to try writing a screenplay or a play or writing their memoirs or whatever it is. But maybe they live in an area they're not close to a university or a place that offers community service dabbler-type classes or they want to be able to work at their own pace or they're intimidated being in a class with other people because what if they raise their hand and they ask a stupid question and everyone will snicker and throw erasers at them and they'll be (laughs) humiliated and they'll run away and they'll never come back. And so they like the idea of having, uh, being able to take a class 
at their own leisure, their own pace, and work one-on-one with an instructor and get individualized feedback for everything they're doing. And so I decided that all of the workshops that I was teaching over the course of a couple of days, that I could parse it out into four- and six-week classes with one lecture and one assignment or multiple assignments within each module. So students can sign up for a class at any time they want, and it really accommodates their schedule if, for instance, they have a job that requires them to travel a lot, or if they have families that have demands on their time, or or they're sick, or they're just feeling stupid and lazy, or whatever. They're never missing a class because they're in a class of one. There might be 20 other people who are taking the class at the same time that they are, but they never know who those people are. They're not reading their assignments or competing with them for my attention because everything is done via email. I send them the course package when they sign up for the class, and I say, looking forward to reading your work? Let's get started. And so they read the lecture materials, there are recommended reads uh, for screenplays. I'll say, take a look at these movies, look these things up, do these assignments. And they do the assignment, they email it to me, I read it, I email them back, tell them, you know, this was really great, you really nailed it, or mm, would you like a do-over on this one because you're sort of... You're sort of missing the mark on it, and they really love that because how many other opportunities do you get to have that one-on-one support from an expert who really cares about making you a better writer and caring about what you're doing? Yeah, and you're shaping individually people, um, and you can reach so many more people on the Internet than you can, you know, teach in person. Um, and like you said, like if I wanted you to, you know, I wanted to learn from you, I'm in New York city, you're in California. I can't Mm -hmm. come over there once a week. (laughs) No, but I I, I have people in foreign countries who are taking classes at the same time and they're very excited about it. And I think that's, that's really cool because, um, a lot of, and, I do think that some authors can get caught up in too much um, training before they start writing. However, mm-hmm. I think that writing workshops and especially ones that have individualized attention are very important. And mm-hmm. uh, listening to uh, other authors and knowing that you're going through the process with another author, um, you know, that is having the same problems as you is, is very uh, empowering to the authors that think they're the only ones that are in this situation. And like you said, they're afraid to get the erasers thrown at them because they, you know, ask the stupid question. And, you know, the teacher <laughs> went on for a half an hour longer explaining the answer instead of letting them go have a break. <laughs> yes, and in live workshops and classes, you always have two or three people who just 
hog the stage. Yeah. Their hands are going up and they're asking questions and they're talking about themselves and their projects. And everyone else is saying, well, I kind of like to ask a question and talk about my stuff. But it's like trying to thread a sewing machine while it's running. So <laughs> I, I'll just kind of, I'll hang around and, and I'll, I'll go up and I'll ask the teacher after class. And then it turns out that I have the whole class coming up to ask me <laughs> stuff. And I'm thinking, why didn't you ask this in class? Other people would thought it, would have thought that this was interesting. But, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, I didn't want to draw attention to myself. <laughs> you want to be a writer. That means you're going to be drawing attention to yourself. <laughs> yes, a lot. <laughs> um. And, you know, I think, are, are you and Karen, like, picking up a vibe? Because you're using all these seamstress and sewing references, and Karen is very big into sewing and, <laughs> and creating things. And I was going to say, no, I definitely wouldn't just... recommend um, uh, threading a, a sewing machine while it's moving, because I actually, um, when I was little, I did step on the pedal when my mother was doing such a thing, and yeah... It's wow. not that great. Yeah, it's surprisingly, she still speaks to me. So it's all good. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, it's fascinating the number of different things that you offer to writers. And it's great that, um, you know, with the new technology, you're able to reach out and help so many different people. Um, mm-hmm. how, do, how do people normally, you know, find you? Do they find you from personal, from word of mouth or do they find you on the internet? I I think there's a big X on our front door. (laughs) I I don't know how they find me. No, seriously. I, I'm very visible on, on the internet, both in social media, all of the articles I write. I have lots of books and plays and things out there. And I make myself as accessible as possible. At the end of all the articles I write, I always have a link to my website. If you want to hear more about what I'm doing or you want a script consultation or you want to know about classes. And I'm also finding that I'm getting referrals from people who have been students or clients of mine. Oh, you want someone who's really good and can help you? Well, tell tell Christina that I recommended you and, and maybe you two can hook up. So they come from all over the place. Uh, social media, especially Facebook, has been great because I do a lot of promotion on the plays that I'm doing, on new books I have coming out, on just little bon mots of advice. And people will read that and say, oh, I really like the observation you made about such and such and, and breaking into screenwriting or doing memoirs. How exactly does this work? And then they switch over to my private email and we chat away and I either answer all of their questions or they have so many questions that I, I say, why don't you just take a class? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it's nice that you have that to offer them, you know, like and, mm-hmm. and that's what we do, like Karen and I both manage clients and you know, there's we'll answer questions to a point. And then, you know, after the fourth phone call and you haven't hired us yet, you know, it's time to get serious because, you know. The the one thing that I I do want to make a point of saying is I don't don't do free. You know, I have people who will send me, I've never heard of these people before, and they'll say, I've attached my 111,000 word first (laughs) novel 
And can can you read it and let me know what you think? And I'll write back and I say, I'd be delighted to tell you what I think. Here are my fees mm-hmm. for telling you what I think. And they're aghast at that. And they say, well, I'm just starting out and I I can't afford you. Can't you just read this in your free time? And I say, any free time, you know, when you look at the volume of stuff I have going on, it's not just the services I'm providing to authors, but I am a working writer. I'm working on two new plays and a couple of new books, and I have a lot of my own stuff I'm doing. Whatever free time I have, why do I want to spend it working and reading Mm -hmm. things that I didn't ask for? I want to spend my free time with my husband and the world's cutest dog and taking naps. I don't want to read unsolicited stuff. And you would be amazed, or perhaps not so much, how huffy people get about that. Because they say, say, you know, your tone in, in your articles and books is that that you are the queen of helpfulness and good advice, you are not being helpful at all, and and I hate you, and here are my reasons. And when my screenplay becomes a just blockbuster film and I get an Academy Award, when I'm accepting my Oscar, I am going to tell everyone on national television, Christina Hamlet is mean because she didn't read this for free back when she had the chance. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and, so and, the and how are, many people have done that? <laughs> you would be surprised. No, no, I, I no, have, no, no, no. I mean, how many people have gone onto the stage and said Christina was mean? <laughs> uh, none of them. None of them. I, that doesn't stop me from from keeping, you know, a, a little carrier board, you know, bag packed by the door, and I tell my husband, "Hey, it's Oscar night. This could be the night." My name's Toast. I'll never work in this town again. But I and I have had people who have paid me for my services to read their screenplay or their whatever, and what they will always get from me is an honest answer. I I know this business, and I will tell them very honestly what works, what doesn't, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and I have actually had people say. Well, everybody else who read it really liked it, and something is obviously wrong with you, and I want a refund. And I say, well, no. (laughs) It's lovely. You have a support group of family and friends, and they love everything you're doing, and they love you, and I'm very happy for you. But I am guessing that these people really don't work in any of these industries or have had anything published or produced. And you can go out and get all the free feedback you want, and that's nice. But if you're serious about taking your career to the next level, you need to get feedback from people who actually know what they're talking about and like it or love it, I'm I'm not going to string someone along and say, "Oh, oh, I think I think you are the next Stephen King." Now, become a client of mine and I think for uh x amount of dollars I can work with you. Oh, you're not quite there yet. Oh, you know, for some more. You can find people like that who yeah. will string you along mm-hmm. and I think there's 
a relationship between how much you're going to pay someone and how much they will be your best friend and you will still never get anything published or produced. And I'm not one of those people. I would rather, you know, have them hate me and go away. Uh, And I have had people who have then taken the notes I gave them after they said, I hate you, hate you, hate you. And they have shown it to people who loved what they were doing, who have then meekly said, oh, well, you know, I thought your plot was kind of stupid, too, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings, and she's actually right. (laughs) And some of them have come back and said, oh, I apologize for calling you names and saying I hated you, uh, because everyone looked at what you said, and now they all agree with you. (laughs) So. Oh, man. Yeah, I, 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 I think. Yeah, I think we must actually be on the same wavelength because I actually just put up a, a personal blog post today about working for free. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because in the service industry, you know, because I mean, I provide a service to merchants and, and it's amazing how many of them, you know, you'll go that back and forth, you'll have the discussion and then they're like, okay, well, I can't afford you. So can you like just work on commission or, you know, I was like, no, I, I can't. <laughs> I have a business. I, ha- you know, I have to eat. I have my own bills to pay. And you wouldn't ever dream of going into the grocery store and putting a gallon of milk on the counter and say, so can I take this home for free today? Because I like you so much. No, it just doesn't work that way. And I think it's kind of consistent across, you know, not only you know, people in our industry, but writers and artists. And I, I have friends who are artists and people come up and ask them for, you know, for drawings for free all the time. Time. It's like, no, I have a skill and it is valuable and I'm not mm-hmm. going to cheapen it by giving it away. Yeah, you're right. my friend. Make me a logo. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, or and and it's it, like Karen and both like both of you said. And the one thing that I started telling people that wanted to work on, you know, a commission only or, you know, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, well, if I were going to work on a commission only basis, I would create my own project and mm-hmm. work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So you have to think of it that way. And you have to think of, can you do this by yourself? And if you mm-hmm. can't, you need to pay me the same way you would pay your web designer and your hosting company and, you know, all these other things that go into being a part of your business. And you know, I think that because you are generous and helpful online, people think that they can just, you know, carry off of that where you're, you know, when you're generous and helpful online, it's one to many, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not one to one. And I think that's where people get, uh, get lost and they get offended because, you know, when you're speaking to them via a blog post, they don't, or, or something on a website or an article, you know, they don't realize that you're talking to a hundred thousand people. You're not just saying, "Hey, I want all of you to send me a script." <laughs> you know. Well, and I I hear from a lot of people who say, "Hey, I have an idea that would make a great whatever, but I don't know how to write." And so, can you write the whole thing, and then can you sell it, and then we'll split everything fifty-fifty? What do you think? And my response oh. is, "Hey, I've got a good idea. Why don't you learn?" the craft of writing, write the whole thing yourself, and keep all the money. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. And they say, but this is a great idea. I wanted to give it to you. But frankly, I am going to have to live to at at least 247 to write all of the ideas I have in my idea folders for my own stuff. I I don't, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's lovely. They want to give me ideas 
to do stuff for them, but I have all my own ideas, and I would rather teach them how to nurture this great idea themselves. Wouldn't there be a lot more pride in doing that? And what was what's really interesting about you bringing that up is that it um, there was a discussion. Uh, we had a local meetup um, this past uh, Monday. Uh, this is being recorded in August, so by the time people hear it, it'll be a long time ago. But um, we had a uh, an in-person meeting, and we met with a person who helps people craft their pitches for venture capitalists. And mm-hmm. she says, you know, one thing sh- that she – somebody asked a question about, you know, uh, what if somebody comes to me with an idea and they want me to help them develop it and, you know, would that be something that could get funded? And she said, ideas are worthless. And, you know, this one guy that, you know, went, oh, what do you mean ideas are worthless? She says, ideas are worthless. It's the execution of the idea that is worth something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they use Thomas Edison and they're like, well, Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb. And she goes, yes, but other, pe- other people were working on the same idea of, you know, creating light that works, you know, when it's dark out. He was mm-hmm. just the first person to execute it properly. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and you might think you're the only person that ever had this particular idea. But guess what? <laughs> You know, uh, there's probably 25 other, you know, there's 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 50,000 other people across the world that have the same idea. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, it goes to if, if all you have is the idea, well, I can take that and run with it because, you know, it, it, the idea itself isn't the, the finished product. Right. So... Well, um, this has all been really, really, really interesting, and I love hearing how really? you work with <laughs> playwrights and with uh, screenplays, and, you know, um, I think you've brought up a lot of really great points. Um, where can, uh, why don't you tell me where people can find you on the Internet? Well, it's very easy. They can go to www.authorhamlet.com. It's not Arthur. It's A-U-T-H-O-R-H-A-M-L-E-T-T dot com. It's very important to have that second T in Hamlet. Now, Shakespeare misspelled his. I'm trying to correct people so they'll start spelling it correctly. <laughs> if they can't remember www.authorhamlet.com, all they have to do on their Google search is just type in Christina with a C, Hamlet with two T's, and I come up in squillions of places, and any of those things that they click on is going to link them back to me in some way, shape, or form. They will find me, and they do. Well, and and that's really important, too, for authors to realize is that there is a way to market yourself, so people just have to search on your name, and they'll find you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and uh, Karen, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, the easiest place people can find me is on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is Karen Garcia. And um, Christina, do you have Twitter, Facebook? Uh, I'm I I don't Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. I I'm I'm going to have to get Twitter pated and figure this out at some point. <laughs> I I do participate a lot on Facebook. I'm going to be setting up a special page to promote my latest book, which is called Media Magnetism. 
something else which may be of interest to authors, artists, entrepreneurs, small business owners uh, who tend to view the press as either their new best friend or their worst enemy, and either view is is unrealistic, but it tends to color the quality of their content and the dynamics and interaction. And so lately on Facebook, uh, I have been doing lots of excerpts from the book. I have two dozen media industry contributors who shared insider tips in the book, and I'm promoting things that they're doing and stuff that they're involved in. So if people want to type in Christina Hamlet and find me and send me a friend request, I... I'll, I'll look and I'll, I'll see. Uh, do I want to be friends with this person? Well, okay, maybe. I, I'm not just indiscriminately. Yes, yes. I need friends and everything. But but they can they can friend me and find out things that I'm doing. So. Okay, awesome. And uh, it's important that you don't friend everybody because once you hit five thousand friends, you can't have any more. That's true. <laughs> I. I know, and and if every single one of them has a what's it they want me to read in my free time, I will just have to unfriend everyone and go live in a cave somewhere. <laughs> Actually, face, Facebook has just been been rolling out a new subscription um, thing. So if you do have too many friends, then you can still have people um, watch various things on your account, but not the entire account. So I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just uh, just a brand new rollout like earlier this week. Well, on the things that I'm doing to promote media magnetism and support my fellow contributors, uh, I make all of those public. So it's not just my Mm -hmm. very best friends and everything who are seeing that. So people who haven't friended me, even they'll look up and Christina Hamlet, well, what's she up to? And anything that is public, which is generally promotional stuff that I'm doing, they can read that stuff and then go to authorhamlet.com and say, hey, I read your stuff. Let's talk. Let's be best friends. Awesome. Um, And for those of you who are listening on, you know, the uh, iTunes or other podcatchers and you haven't been to our site to see the show notes, come on over to bookgoodies.com and that's just B-O-O-K-G-O-O-D. D-I-E-S dot com and uh, do a search again for Christina Hamlet with two T's and you will be able to find this podcast and any future podcasts we do with her and you know information uh, there'll be a post with information about what we've discussed and also you can leave comments ask questions and we'll see if we can't get her back on to answer some of them and we also have at the top of the page you can go to bookgoodies.com and click on to be one of our podcast guests or to click on a link for tell us about your book and you can give us your book information and we'll get it out to um, our site visitors and uh, once again I want to thank uh, Christina for your time and Karen and uh, I would love for everybody to just get writing and have a great day. Thank you.